Hey guys, Pastor Jurgen here. I'm so glad you're tuning into one of our powerful messages that is guaranteed to absolutely elevate your life to another level. At Awaken, we only want to preach fresh, real, powerful to help you grow stronger in your walk with God, develop your faith so you can take more territory. I'm praying that God blesses you and enriches your soul as you listen to this amazing word from God. God bless you. Ready to walk on water. Well, before you volunteer, I have a question. So show of hands, everybody here today, who thinks it's possible, who thinks it's possible for water, just water, nothing else, to fully support your weight? All right. Some people in the first service know where this is going. All right. For any of you who didn't, raise your hand. I have a video that I want to show you. So get ready to have your minds blown. cool is that? Do I have any volunteers now? Anybody want to do that? Come on. I knew Alan Walter would be all in. I knew he would be all in. All right. So you're expanding your think a little bit. Yes, he started off with the skis, but then he kicked those off and the full weight of his body was supported by the water. Now, now you might say, well, yeah, but he was being pulled by the plane, which I had to throw the plane in there because it wasn't cool enough to just be pulled by a boat, like to be pulled by an airplane. That's pretty amazing. Um, but okay, so for, for everybody else, maybe there's still a little bit of doubt. How many of you think that it's possible to, to just move across the water without being pulled or pushed by anything and not sink? All right, we got a couple more people. More of you are catching on. All right. For the rest of you who didn't raise your hand this time, have you ever heard of the Jesus lizard? Take a look. For years, cinematographers tried to capture its steps with varying success. Witnessed at normal speeds, their fleet-footed water dance leaves nothing but questions in its wake. But slowing the action lets us see why this animal's become so famous as the Jesus Lizard. It starts with the unique biomechanics within the lizard's legs and feet. Every time it slaps its wide webbed foot on the water, it turns something that's fluid into firm footing. When their foot plunges down, it creates a pocket of air and force for support that keeps the lizard from sinking. 
And there's another trick at work here, the sideways force. Each lizard leg is pushing slightly outward. So, like riding a bike, each tilt to one side is corrected and counterbalanced. Of course, if you stop pedaling, you'll fall over. If the lizard stops running, it will sink into the water and have to swim the rest of the way. Come on, moving across the water. Pretty much the, the entirety of this message, the, the main point of this message can be found in that little pocket of air underneath the lizard's feet. And uh, I'll, I'll explain more about what that means. But I love that when it talks about the, the fluid, there's a fluid underneath the lizard and, and that fluid turns into something of structure. It turns into something of substance. And it's interesting that the lizard actually is not even so much running on water, but running on that air. It's running on that little pocket, which is like mind-blowing for, for me and Jake. <laughs> and uh, when you, you know, hear the, the word that he shared about the weight and, um, and how we, when we draw close to God, the, the closer that we get to God, the more that we feel his presence. And that's, that's kind of the genesis of, of what I want to share today. There's something interesting about both those videos is that uh, both of those videos show, one, a, a man that's being pulled and, and skiing on the top of the water, and it requires quick movement. You know, the plane has to be moving fast up to a certain speed to keep him above. And the second video, the lizard has to be running fast in order to, to generate the speed to create that pocket of air. So there's a, there's a quickness that's connected to it as well. Uh, a couple of years ago, we went out to the Colorado River with some friends. We were wakeboarding and skiing. And, uh, and boating, and it's like beautiful territory, like the cliffs and, and the scenery, everything is amazing. And they were telling us that about 100 years ago, there used to be groups of Indians, tribes that would go and hunt all over those lands. And, um, and one day, a particularly hot Yuma day, where it's like 110, 115, anybody out there experiencing that heat uh, would know that it's oppressive, right? So this, this group was out hunting in this, this heat. And then one of the, the leaders comes up and says, good news, everybody. The chief says that we can go down to the water and get refreshed. And there was like much rejoicing. Everybody was happy. They go down. But then he said, well, the bad news is grab your canoes. The chief wants to water ski. <laughs> You'll get there. You'll get there. What kept Jesus and Peter for a time above the water? What allowed them to, to walk on the water? They weren't, they weren't running, they weren't being pulled very fast, but something was there, some substance kept them from sinking. The title of this message is Quickening, Quickening. The quickening is a, is a contact point. It's a meeting of the natural and the spiritual. And uh, odds are that most of us in this room have actually experienced the quickening probably even already today. Has anybody ever felt goosebumps? Anybody ever had goosebumps? Where do goosebumps come from? Some, some might say, well, you get it when you're cold, but you can also get it when you're not cold. They, they just kind of come out of nowhere. They come when, when sometimes we start to sense something. Scientists will tell you that, that it's, a, it's a trigger from a fight or flight response. Whenever you're afraid or, or you sense an impending 
danger, then the muscles under your skin can, can tighten up. The adrenaline will start rushing through your body and, and you get this phenomenon called goosebumps. But nothing has actually happened yet. There's no physical thing that has transpired. It's just a, a, a sense. It's something in the spirit. Even today, I've experienced goosebumps. I, I experience goosebumps a lot of times when I feel the Holy Spirit is amening something. Like sometimes in worship, anybody experience it in worship where you feel the presence, so many hands around, you just like, you feel this sense like God is doing something. I'm getting it right now. Like, and it's funny how when you talk about it, it tends to happen more, right? It's like yawning. You see somebody yawn, it's like, it's really hard to stop that from happening. Well, the same happens in a quickening. Like once your spirit starts to connect with something, once you start to feel that God is doing something, there's a natural response. That's the quickening. There's other times as well, like when we do the book of miracles prayer and I'll go and I'll put my hand on somebody's shoulder or grab their hand. And then I, as I'm praying, I start to feel this, this heat build up. I start to feel like, and it's more than just like normal skin to skin contact. It's more than, than just a normal body heat transfer. There's something happening. There's a power that's, that's coalescing. There's, there's a quickening that comes together. Sometimes when, when we hear a, a good word, in fact, this word that I want to share, God dropped into my spirit right in the middle of Revive Conference. I'm sitting there taking notes and like so many good things were being shared. And then all of a sudden this, this word pops into my head, walk on water. Like, whoa, where did that come from? Like it wasn't, didn't have anything to do with what the speaker was talking about or the message. But God, God brought this word into my spirit and there was a quickening. I knew that, that there was something into it. So I just, I, I wrote that down and then, then God started to reveal more things to me. And I, I expanded the notes and then I realized that, that this is something that I have to share. And, uh, and funny enough, um, leading up to this week, there was a, there was a couple of different guest speakers and, and opportunities for other people to come in and speak. And, and when one was presented, we were like, sure, yeah, we'd love to have them. But then they wound up going to another conference, campus. And, and then another opportunity came up and, and we had a pastor from, from or a, a leader from out of state that was going to come in and, and they're like, okay, yeah, like, you know, we'd love to have them. But then Somebody else grabbed him, and then, then he wound up getting sick and not coming anyway. It's like, okay, three times confirmation. This is the word that's going to be spoken today, and this is the right word. So are you ready? Are you ready? All right, quickening. Psalm 119, 149. Hear my voice according to your steadfast love. O Lord, quicken me and give me life according to your righteous decrees. The word here, quicken, means to bring to life, to revive, to refresh, to come alive. And it's interesting that in, in a pregnancy, quickening also has a specific connotation. Maybe if there's any midwives or, or doulas here, they would tell you that, that when a quickening happens, it's when the baby in the womb starts to turn and, and get into the uterus and prepare to be delivered. The quickening is the preparation for birth, the preparation to come alive. So women might experience this when they're, they're later on in the pregnancy that they can feel the baby getting ready. They can feel something happening. They can feel that there's a preparation. And that's what I want to impart tonight or this, this morning is that we all need to be ready for what God wants to do in our life. There, we have to be ready for the quickening. We have to be ready for God to move. We have to expect, be expected for God to move. So how does that happen? How does the quickening happen? What is, re, what is required? Well, one thing that is required is there has to be a quickening agent, a quickening agent. In, in concrete, it's, it's mostly made up of sand and gravel, but there's a quickening agent that's involved in well as well. Any contractors know what that agent is? What is it? 
Cement. Cement is the quickening agent in concrete. It's this, this combination of lime and other minerals that when you bring it together with the sand and the gravel and water and you mix it together, it creates this solid substance that we know as concrete. Did you know that concrete is the most widely used resource on the planet other than water? Second only to water, concrete is used. In fact, over 4 billion tons of concrete is used every single year. In fact, the, the most common form of concrete, or the most common brand of concrete in this country, anybody know what it is? Quickcrete. Quickcrete. Interesting. Because that binding agent starts to work in quickcrete. It sets really fast. When, when we have or experience a quickening, it's something that happens fast in a moment. It's, it's not a long, drawn-out process. It's an immediate impartation. It's an immediate revelation. It's an immediate manifestation of the power of God. And in fact, the quickening requires the most powerful binding agent in existence, the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is the quickening agent. Genesis 1 1 to 2. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth, and the earth was formless and empty, and darkness covered the deep waters. Waters, interesting. And the Spirit of God was hovering over the waters. The Spirit of God, the most powerful binding, the most powerful quickening agent the world has ever known, was responsible for separating light and dark. It, it bound together all of the light into one place to separate it from the darkness. And then day two, the Spirit of God, the Holy Spirit, it brought together all of the waters of the heavens. And it brought together all of the waters of the earth. And it separated with sky. In day three, the Spirit of God, the Holy Spirit, it brought together all of the dry land. It quickened the dry land. The most powerful binding agent, the most powerful quickening agent on the planet. And it's less used than cement. It's less used than cement. The Holy Spirit brings the manifest power of God. The manifest power. That's what it means to quicken. It's a manifestation. It's a coming to life. The power of God was revealed throughout the Old Testament in, in signs and wonders. The parting of the Red Seas, the plagues, the fire from heaven. All of these, these ways that the power of God was demonstrated. But for the most part, it was few and far between. And at the end of the Old Testament, it was actually 400 years of silence. God didn't move at all. The Holy Spirit was waiting for a contact point. It was waiting for something or someone to land on. And we know that when Jesus was baptized, the Holy Spirit descended like a dove and it landed on the man, Jesus Christ. In John 2.11, says, This beginning of signs Jesus did in Cana of Galilee when he turned water into wine and manifested his glory. And his disciples believed in him. His disciples believed in him when the glory of God, the spirit of God was manifested on it. It quickened in him. And, and at that time, Jesus, Jesus actually said, it's not my time. It's not my time. But I can just see the Holy Spirit in heaven, like looking out over, over God's creation. And, and God says, watch what's about to happen. Jesus, Jesus said, it's not my time. It's not my time. But his mother said, oh, yes, it is. Yes, it is your time. You might be sitting here today with your arms folded thinking, it's not my time. It's not my time. But I'm here today to tell you, oh, yes, it is. 
Oh, yes, it is your time to move in the power of God. Oh, yes, it is your time to be quickened. Oh, yes, it is your time to demonstrate the power of God. What's stopping you? What's holding you back? What is it that you need to accomplish this? It is your time. When Jesus demonstrated that miracle, it set off a chain reaction. It set off, uh, it was the catalyst. It was the spark that started healings and miracles. The lame were walking, the blind were seeing, the dead were raised. The power of God was poured out. From that moment on, the spirit of God was manifest all around the earth in so many ways. And it's still being manifest today in us. We're the ones who have to say yes. We're the ones who have to present ourselves as available You don't have to be able to do the signs and miracles. We can't. We can't in our natural power, but God can through us. God can do those things through us if we let him. The Holy Spirit from that moment on was like, oh yeah, it's game time. We're going. It's go time. Come on. I've been waiting for this. I've been cooped up for too long. 400 years is too long for the Holy Spirit to wait. It wants to flow. It wants to move. It wants to be alive. It's a spirit. It's life. It's fire. It's water. It's wind. It's in motion. But there were a couple of times when Jesus had to, had to put the cat back on the Holy Spirit. Sad, but true. There's a couple of times throughout the Bible when religious leaders would come to him demanding a sign, asking him, who are you? Wanting to see this sign. But he just pulled a Megan Trainer. He said, no to the O. My name is no. A sign is no. Number is no. You better let it go. You better let it go. Things that come into your head at 11.30 when you're preparing a message. I don't know. (laughs) Why did he say no to them? Why wouldn't he demonstrate the sign? They had heard of all the signs and the miracles, all the things that he had done. But he had to say no because they were demanding the sign so that they could believe on the sign, not believe in him. They were demanding a sign that would somehow bring them faith. But that's not how faith works. Faith works without seeing Faith works not knowing. Faith works not fully understanding. The first principle that I want to share with us today on how to walk on water is we've got to walk by faith. We have to walk by faith. Faith is the landing spot for the power of God. Like that lizard, that pocket of air that, it was, that was going to sustain it wasn't there before it stepped there. It had to step in faith knowing that it was going to be supported. How, do, how does a lizard learn that? How does a lizard learn learn that all of a sudden it can just take off across the water? It experienced it. Like a lizard didn't know that that's how God created it. It just started doing. It just started moving. We got to be like the lizard. We just got to start doing. Like believing that God has created us. Believing that he's empowering us. Believing that his spirit is hovering over that water. And where faith and the natural come together, there's a quickening. It's the meeting point. That's the stability. That's the structure that we're walking on. We have to look for it. We have to expect it. And then when we expect it and we move, then it'll manifest. Walk by faith is manifesting the quickening. I love how Elde explained in in that song, Peter, that um, the part where, where Jesus and Peter are meeting on the beach, it's interesting that that's the bridge. Faith is a bridge. Faith is, is, is something with structure, with substance that will get us across that cavern of unbelief and, and bring us to that point of, of reconciliation with our Father, like Peter. 
No matter, no matter what trials we've walked through, no matter what we've experienced, the bridge of faith is always available to us. God has put a measure of faith into each one of us. And if it's, if it's just enough to get across that bridge that God is real and he loves you, then that's enough. That's all you need for salvation. But there's so much more. Faith, the faith bridge, that's just the beginning step. That's the, the beginning cavern that you got across. But from there, there's, there's potential, there's power, there's manifestation, there's gifts of the spirit. All of this is available once you cross that first bridge of faith. When, uh, when I was separating from the Air Force 15 years ago, and, and leading up to that time, I was kind of looking at what I wanted to do for my career. And, you know, with a background in aeronautics, I, I had this sense that, that this new field of unmanned aerial vehicles, planes, drones that fly around on, by themselves, was going to be an emerging technology. It was going to be growing. And so I was, I was looking for something in that field, but, uh, but I was living in Ohio at the time and, and wasn't really finding the right fit. You know, I went on some interviews and, and talked to some other people, but nothing was really resonating in my spirit. And then somebody mentioned this company out in San Diego called General Atomics that I'd never heard of, but they said they're actually a, a world leader in unmanned aero vehicles. And so I started to, to research, I started to look into them, and, uh, and I found that they had a, a career fair out in L.A., and I had, I had submitted my resume online but hadn't heard anything back yet. And, and something inside me quickened. Something inside me just, just said, you need, to, you need to go out there. That you can, you can sell yourself better in person. And so I bought my own plane ticket, set up my own hotel accommodations and rental car. On my own dime, I, I came across the country, a leap of faith, with, with no promise of anything, just a career fair. Just hundreds of other people coming into a room. Like you maybe have five minutes to talk to somebody. But that leap of faith set off a chain reaction of events. I talked to, to the right manager at the right time. And then they, they brought me down to San Diego for additional interviews. And then they flew me back out later for more interviews. And I interviewed with other, other groups that were not in San Diego, but a part of the same company. And, and God closed those doors because he wanted me here. There was a chain reaction of events that happened to get me to where I needed to be. When I came here, I met my beautiful wife and she invited me to this church. And then we, we kept faithfully serving and showing up and saying yes to whatever God wanted to do. And that's brought us to where we are right now. What does the leap of faith look like for you? What is the boat that you're supposed to get out of? There's some point in our life, probably many times, that we're called to get out of the boat. We're called to launch out into the deep, that we're not going to be able to see every step that we're going to take. It, it may look like formlessness and void, but the message that I want each one of us to receive today is that if you expect the Holy Spirit to be there, when you move, he will meet you there. He will meet you there every time. He will not let you fail. If you've been given the word, go from your Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. If that's been revealed to you, then go. Then go. You've got to get out of the boat. But like I prayed over Sabrina earlier, there's no missed opportunities in Christ. Even if you, even if you feel, and I feel like right now that this is a word for somebody, looking back, you realize that there was an opportunity that you had to get out of the boat and you didn't take it because of maybe some legitimate 
circumstances or other things going on where you feel like you, you missed the boat. Well, I want to tell you today, whoever you are, you did not miss what God has in store for you. His plans for you are still the same. His plans for you have not changed. There's another opportunity coming in front of you, and it's going to be better than it was before. It may be different, but it's going to be better than it was before. There are no missed opportunities in Christ. Keep believing. Keep expecting for that opportunity to come. And it will materialize. It will manifest. It will quicken when you take that step. Pastor Lisa and I, this is our job. It's our job to create some East County water walkers. Who's ready to join us? We need some water walkers like the shooties that are ready to, to sell their house so that Joy does, doesn't have to take a salary position so that she can, she can be at home with the kids. She can enjoy that time so that they can, they can completely fulfill their entire Vision Builders commitment for the year, which they've already done with the sale of that house. Some water walkers like the Van Tassels that jump out in faith and do something it seems like every week that they've never done before. Like, yeah, I can play bass guitar. Yeah, I can play the keys. Yeah, I can do that. Yeah, I can be a producer. Yeah, I can be a leader. Yeah, I can be a coach. Yeah, I can be a captain. Yeah, I can be a preacher, Mandy Van Tassel. She said, it's not my time. Those are, those are dangerous words. It is your time, all of you. It is your time. Ephesians 3, 16. Even if you don't, even if you don't know if you got it, maybe you're thinking, okay, all right, I'm in faith, I got it. You know, I've, I've crossed that first bridge, but I don't know if I have what it takes. Listen to this. I pray that from his glorious, unlimited resources, he will empower you with inner strength. He gives you the inner strength. You don't need to have it because he puts it on the inside of you. Through his spirit, then Christ will make his home in your hearts as you trust him. Your roots will grow down into God's love and keep you strong. And may you have the power to understand as all God's people should, how wide, how long, how high, and how deep his love is. It's interesting. There's only typically three dimensions that are talked about. Height, length, breadth. But God adds a fourth. In his, in his book, The Fourth Dimension, Dr. David Yongyi Cho, who was the, the leader of the largest church in the world, 830,000 people at one point in Dr. Cho's church, he wrote this book called The Fourth Dimension. There's a, a, a disclaimer that I want to share with you today. In case you haven't figured it out yet, walking on water is, is figurative. You know, I'm not talking about in the literal sense we all need to go out and walk across water. And sadly, in his book, Dr. Cho, he, he tells of an account where some, some young students, some girls, they, they read that passage of scripture and they decided to put it into action, um, that they were going to go and walk across this raging river in flood season. And sadly, they were, they were swept out to sea and drowned. They read the word. They had faith to go. But it didn't materialize. It didn't manifest. It didn't quicken for them. They weren't able to walk on the water. There's a difference in the Bible between the logos, which is the written word of God, and, a, and the rhema, which is the revealed word of God. God told Peter to walk out on water. If, if your heavenly father, Jesus Christ, tells you to walk out on your water, 
then go. It lines up with the logos. The rhema, the revealed, the now word, the personal word lines up with the written word. If you ever think that you you have a, a word from heaven, but it doesn't line up with the logos, that's not from God. His word never contradicts itself. The logos or the rhema, it will always marry together. But I want you to wait on the rhema word. I want you to wait on the revealed word, the now word, your word. What is God speaking to you right now? There's, there's lots of stuff in the Bible. There's many miracles. There's many signs. There's lots of stuff that we can do. But what are we supposed to do right now? Peter didn't get out of the boat until Jesus said, come. Peter didn't move until the now word, the revealed word was given to him. The end of that scripture, Ephesians 3, verse 20. Now all glory to God who is able through his mighty power at work within us, his power at work within us to accomplish infinitely more, infinitely more than we might ask or think. What can, what can God do through you? Infinitely more than you can ask or think. If that doesn't blow your mind, then, then I don't know what will. Infinitely more than we can ask or even think his power at work through us can accomplish it. What's got to happen? We've got to move. We've got to take that step of faith. We've got to create that contact point for the Holy Spirit to light us up, to bring us life, to do the impossible. The second principle I want to talk about is we have to wait on God's word and walk on truth. Isaiah 40, 31 says that they that wait upon the Lord shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. And John 1, 1 to 5 says, in the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God. He was in the beginning with God and all things were made through him and without him nothing was made that was made. In him was life and the life was the light of men. And the light shines in the darkness and the darkness did not comprehend it. Jesus Christ was the catalyst, the catalyst for the working of the Holy Spirit. God said, let there be light, and the Spirit went to work. God said, let there be waters, and the Spirit went to work. God said, let dry ground appear, and the Spirit went to work. Jesus Christ, the Word of God, the truth is what we stand on, and the truth is the catalyst. The truth is solid ground. Psalm 119 says that your Word is a lamp into my feet and a light into my path. I want you to imagine for a second that this stage is, is the truth. This is solid ground. And, and as long as we're walking on the truth, we're stable, we're secure. Now, now, we can break a commandment, we can lie, but we can't break the truth. The truth is the truth. A, a man might say, I can be a woman. You might be able to dress like a woman, present yourself like a woman, but you're still a man. You're not, you're not changing the truth. You're just lying to yourself. You're breaking a part of yourself as you separate from the truth. Somebody might say, it's okay. It's natural for a man to be with a man intimately. It's natural, really? Show me in nature where two males of a species can come together and procreate and produce life. It's not natural. You might be lying to yourself again but that's not natural. That's not the truth. Some people say, well, I'm going to create my own truth. You might tell yourself that it's the truth, but it's, it's just lies. You, you, even though you want to create truth, we can't create truth. There is one truth. It's his truth. The word of God is the truth. People, people can 
tell themselves all of these things and, and really they, they're lying to themselves and really what they're doing is they're just separating themselves farther from, them, from the truth. They're just, they're just coming under the truth and eventually they're just gonna get so confused and their spirit is gonna be in anguish and they're gonna be just like a little child in their spirit, like in the fetal position, not knowing what really is right. They're still spouting off their truth. They're still spouting off the lies because it's the only thing that they've fed themselves. But eventually they'll get to a place where the only thing that they can say is there is no God because they're so afraid of the truth. They're so distanced and separated from the truth that they can't believe that there's a real God. And the truth is that we've all come to a place in our life where we've either told ourselves a lie or, or maybe we've told a half truth. If anybody here today has never told a lie or never told a half truth, please fly around the room now, demonstrate your holiness. No angels, nobody? Okay, so we've all done it. We've all, we've all been in that position, but that's okay. There's a, a verse, Psalm 119, 25, says that, that even when I lie in the dust, even when I lie in the dust, you will revive me. Even when I'm down in my lowest state, you will meet me there. God will quicken us even when we're at our lowest lows, even when we've lied to ourselves, even when we've maybe said, I don't, I don't believe there is a God. His spirit can still quicken us in that place. And it's interesting because this, this stage is actually at ground level. This right here is ground level. As you, as you come in out of the foyer, you actually walk down. And we had to dig down in order to get the height that we wanted in the ceiling. So this, this spot right here on the altar is the lowest place in this whole building. The lowest point in the whole building is the altar. And as we were building up this, this house, a bunch of us came in and we were writing scriptures all over the walls and, and in kids' church and the classrooms and everywhere and putting Bible verses and praying over this. And, and I came down to the altar and I, I wrote out on the concrete underneath the carpet, Romans 10, 9 and 10. If you believe in your heart that Jesus is Lord, and you openly declare with your mouth that God raised him from the dead, then you are saved. That's it, that's all that's required. It's a belief in the heart and a confession of the mouth. And I put that on this altar because this is the place where people come to profess that belief. This is the place of meeting. This is the quickening in your spirit that we all must walk through at some point. If we wanna receive the power of God, then we have to be at this place. We have to be at the meeting point where God is doing something in our life that's, that's inexplainable, it's undefinable, it's unfathomable. And in that verse, when, when the writer talks about you, you, you've brought me into the deep or how, how wide, how long, how, how deep is your love for me? It, it, in nautical terms, the, the depths of something is called the, like fathoms, like how many fathoms deep? That's where we get the word unfathomable. It's unbelievable how much he loves us. It's unbelievable what he would do for us. He loved us so much that he sent his son to die on a cross for us. And if we believe that, and if we confess that, then he quickens us, he revives us, he saves us. As we come to a close, the, the last thing I wanna share, and it's funny because 
the, the point in my notes was we have to walk in light, but, but somehow I, I mixed it up when I sent in the notes and, and I think it says we walk in love. Oh, they fixed it. They fixed it. Good job, media team. So we walk in light and we walk in love. Quickening means to revive, that we are revived. Psalm 85, six, won't you revive us again so your people can rejoice? The time for revival is now. The time for a mass quickening is now. My wife has had a word for, for months now about renaissance, that this is, this is a season of renaissance for his church where there's, there's new enlightenment, there's new revelation, there's refreshing, there's, there's new things coming to life. There, there's people coming into his kingdom by the droves. This is the time for that to happen. John 8, 12 says, Jesus spoke to the people once more and said, I am the light of the world. If you follow me, you won't have to walk in darkness because you will have the light that leads to life. So many people, especially over the last couple of years, have been walking in darkness. They've been walking without direction. They've been cooped up in their houses or, or hiding behind a mask or, or believing so many lies. They've been walking in a fog. They've been walking seamlessly without any direction. If they're walking at all, a lot of times people are just, just hunker down. They, they, um, they don't move. In fact, you know, some of our neighbors during COVID, they, I don't think they ever left their house. And uh, funny enough, like later on we found out some of our neighbors actually thought we were a part of a cult because we had all these people coming over during COVID. <laughs> we, just, we just decided, we made the decision we're not going to be afraid. We're going to keep moving. We're going to keep living. We're going to keep having life. Now is the time for that to explode because so many people out there are ready for it. They've been wanting it. They've been, they've been tired of being cooped up. They've been tired of been walking in darkness. They want to be alive. They want to live in the light and we can help them get there. The last part of the quickening that I want to say is when we walk in light, we receive it for ourselves and then we make it available for other people. We can show people how to quicken their lives. We can show people how to move in the power of the spirit. We can show people, we can demonstrate what God has done in our life. Maybe you don't even know how to say it. Well, just do it. Just be that light. Go out and walk and live and move and show them that you can walk on water. We're not, we're not expecting like the religious leaders that they're coming in demanding the sign, but there's plenty of cases in the Bible where, where Jesus used a sign and people came to know him, where the disciples spoke in a language that they didn't know, and it was a sign to the unbelievers. When you are quickened in your life, your life will be a sign to those around you who don't know God. It will be a demonstration of his power, immeasurably more than we can ask or think or imagine. Like I started out in this message, I'm gonna close. I need some volunteers. Who's ready to walk on water? Who's ready to do the impossible with God? The power that works in us is his power. We have to make ourselves available. Why don't we all stand to our feet right now? I wanna close. We are commissioned to be producers of light. We walk by faith and allow the manifest power of God to come in. We walk on truth, the word of God, not breaking ourselves with lies. We walk in light and let his spirit revive us 
so that we can go and revive others. And I want to end with this, this scripture, Romans 8, 11. The spirit of God who raised Jesus from the dead lives in you. And just as God raised Christ Jesus from the dead, he will give life to your mortal bodies, quicken you by the same spirit within you. I want to pray right now. If anybody hasn't crossed that first bridge, if anybody hasn't believed in their heart that Jesus is Lord and confessed it with their mouth to be saved, I want to give you the opportunity to do that today. Right now, with every head bowed, every eye closed, if that's you, if you know that you need to cross that first bridge, it is a leap of faith. You have to believe that God exists and that he loves you and that he sent his son to die for you. If you, if you believe that in your heart, but you've never confessed it with your mouth, today, I wanna to give you an opportunity to do that. Today, I wanna to give you a chance to walk across that first bridge of faith into a new life with him. And that's gonna open up the windows of heaven. It's gonna open up so many other possibilities for you. If that's you today, would you lift up your hand right now? I'd love to pray with you. Who are those ones to say that prayer of faith, to openly declare that Jesus is Lord? Who are those ones today? You know you need to cross that, that bridge of faith. See that hand, God bless you. Who else is there today? I know there's some more of us here today that you need that relationship with your heavenly Father. God, I thank you for moving right now. Who are those ones? Thank you, Jesus. Maybe you're here today and, and you've said a prayer like that. You've, you believe that you've crossed that bridge, but your life is not really a demonstration of his power. And you know that today you, you need to rededicate your walk to him. Maybe, maybe you need to relearn how to walk by faith. Maybe you need to learn how to walk on the word of God, the truth. Or maybe you need to walk in light. Maybe you've been walking in darkness because of decisions you've made or circumstances around you, but, but you need to get your life back into the light. You need to get your life back on the word. You need to rededicate your life today and walk in faith again. Who are those ones? Lift up your hand right now and I wanna include you in this prayer. See your hand, God bless you. Who else is there today? See those hands, God bless you, God bless you. Who else? I know, there's, I know there's some more people here today. There's a, there's a, a wrestle in your spirit. Maybe you're, you're feeling some goosebumps right now. You know that God is moving. I don't wanna embarrass you, but I, I, I wanna pray this prayer with you. Who are those ones? Anybody else here today? You wanna to say that prayer, rededicate your life, rededicate your walk. We've all done this at some point. We know that we've drifted away from God's perfect plan for our lives. But today is the day that you capitalize on all those opportunities. Today is the day that you launch out. I see that hand, so proud of you, thank you. Anybody else? Why don't we do this? Let's all say this together. Let's openly declare today like it's the first time that we ever did it. Heavenly Father, I thank you for sending your son, Jesus Christ, to die for my sins. I repent of my sins. I claim that Jesus is my Lord and Savior, that I live out my life in a way that honors him, that I walk by faith, not by sight, that I stand on the word of God and I walk in light and I receive the light of heaven. I thank you for your power at work in me right here, right now, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Wow. What an amazing word. I hope you enjoyed that as much as I did. Hey, listen. 
For more information about our church, go to www.awakenchurch.com or subscribe to our YouTube channel if you haven't already and download our app. It is amazing. It is chock full of incredible messages, information about upcoming events, and you can even support our ministry if you feel so inclined. We loved having you with us today. We look forward to seeing you again. God bless you. Live a life that is transformative. Bye for now.